Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 4th of October 2010. I always start off the show by advising newcomers to the show to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com where you'll find hundreds of hours of audios to download from talks I've given over the past years. And remember too that that site, there's a lot of other sites listed there. They're all mine. These are alternate sites in case, which they sometimes do. One gets pulled, it goes down, whatever. And hopefully, if you bookmark them, you'll always be able to get latest shows uh, for free by downloading from the alternate sites. Now, they all carry transcripts, remember, for a lot of the talks for PrintShop as well. And if you want transcripts in other languages, you can select, if you go into alanwattsentinel.eu and take your choice there. It's um, basically the only show out there, I think, where the host depends on the listeners to support them, because I could take on advertisers, but then I'd take up a lot of your time um, bringing on guests who are really buying time, really, or paying me to to push their products. And that's okay. That's generally how the system works in a commercialized society. But uh, this gives me more time the way I do it to talk about the things I want to talk about. So it's up to you, the listeners, if you want to hear what I say, to buy the books and the discs and the CDs that I've got there. Not much, not much there at all, because I don't have time to do a lot. But that will keep me going, hopefully, and pay my bills too, because this costs a lot of cash just to, for satellite equipment and all the rest of it for uploading. I'm in the country, and I can't get uh, the usual high-speed stuff by any other method. Not that you would call satellite high-speed, although it's rated at awfully high-speed at ExploreNet. Now, you can buy the books and so on from the U.S. to Canada, with a personal check, you can also use an international postal money order from your post office from the U.S. to Canada. You can use send cash, some people send cash, uh, PayPal to order or donate. If you want to order, just send the PayPal donation followed by a separate email with your name, address, and the order, and I'll get it out to you. And that's the same across the rest of the world, remember. Uh, cash, um, personal checks are no use outside the Americas, of course, but uh, cash... Um, MoneyGram, Western Union, these are alternatives. Um, PayPal again, to order or to donate, it's up to you. And hopefully I can go on a little bit longer, because things are tightening up. I don't know how long we've got before certain sites are pulled and certain people are banned from the air, maybe even the radio stations too, because big movements are ahead to censor this world under this beautiful guise of terror, terror everywhere, which of course was a red scare a long time ago. Uh, the Red Scare was based on the fact that the, when the socialists or Bolsheviks took over Russia, there was mass slaughtering, and they called it uh, the terror. They did the same thing, of course, in uh, the revolution um, in France. They had the terror there, too. So that's where the term comes from. Right now, the whole world's to be terrorized constantly until we're all, we'll find we'll emerge into a new system. Most folk won't even notice because you adapt every day to the changes 
and they accept everything that happens to them. As long as everyone's accepting at the same time, they think it's all quite normal. Even though you end up 180 degrees uh, in your opinions and what you thought about things from when you started, that's what the New World Order is all about. So the doctrine is, as I say, you can't get uh, anything done as fast as you can under the guise of war. Be it a war on whatever, we've had war on terror, poverty, drugs, all that kind of stuff. And it's a war on terror that's a biggie now, of course. And it'll go on probably for the rest of your lives, even for the young people. Until the whole socialistic agenda, which is just an arm of the guys who run the banks, is fulfilled. To bring in a planned, controlled, happy society. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I am back and we're cutting through the matrix. It's uh, astonishing really that the techniques never change down through centuries and thousands of years. They're always the same techniques. If they work in ancient times, they'll work again today. And terror is the greatest method really of getting people to succumb and obey uh, and accept rapid changes. In fact, Professor Carl Quigley said the same thing. He said that... um, it was easier to get things done in five years of war. You get far more accomplished than you could ever do in 50 years of propaganda, with the propaganda changes and so on, blah, blah, blah. However, they're doing both, of course. They've been, they're doing it in school. They, they, they can bypass the older generations, even the ones that have just left school, uh, and go to the new again, the young, and give them a further update on what to expect and, and how to how to behave and how to see the world and, and have opinions, of course, political correct opinions. They can do it every 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 intake, basically. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. It's a scientific uh, socialism of indoctrination, a technique. And it works very, very well. Very well. I've talked to any youngster about certain things, and they'll give you these automatic um, pat answers that they've been indoctrinated with. It's very, very evident. And, of course, they're too young really to think for themselves. And the last thing that they'd ever suspect, just like every generation, including the, the, the listening audience, the last thing you expect is that they've been lied to, especially for any political agenda. It never occurs to most people. And if your parents can't warn you, then you'll think it's all quite natural. Now, terror is a fantastic thing, as I say. You can really terrorize the blazes out of people. And governments use the excuse to make the rapid changes, to take away rights and freedoms. Uh, across the board. This time it's worldwide pretty well. Everybody's on board with the same agenda as to be, as I say, a strictly controlled society, uh, right down to population control. Everything has to come out of this agenda. So it'll take quite a few years to fulfill until they have their happy utopia with much fewer people. And part of the, the way they're doing that too is to sterilize the people. They've been doing that for a long time, but they want to increase the sterilization and the, the death rate as well. I've actually read articles on the air about death rates and how they want to increase the death rates. One of the recent Rockefeller meetings, he actually said that. It wasn't good enough they were sterilizing the public. Uh, he actually said they've got to actually increase the death rate. And people really have no idea. So many... Left-wingers, they, they join camps. They're silly people who join camps. 
Um, they have been indoctrinated and prepared by school to, to join these left-wing camps. And uh, if you speak the right language on a few topics, they're in right away thinking that's one of ours. It's the same in Christianity. You say hallelujah and you can say anything you want up there. Uh, and um, I'm not kidding about that in America. Just know the language and... And immediately their conditioning will, will kick in and they won't judge you anymore. Then you can go on with your, your agenda. And that's what they use, these techniques they use in the indoctrination process. But um, the death rate is amazing. As I say, we're going incredibly sterile at a very fast rate. And the UN admits this uh, with their annual reports and their, on their, um, from their statistics bureau. They love that, just like Orwell had in 1984. He had Department of Statistics basically prattling on all the time. We have one in Canada. Every country has got one now. And, and of course, you can't really argue with statistics. I think it was one of the Roosevelt said that. It says there's lies and damn lies, and then there are statistics, which are they, prepare, they pretend they're backed up by science. However, the statistics for, for sterility in the West is phenomenal, just phenomenal, and plummeting all the time. I've no doubt it's through the inoculations over the years. It's also no doubt to the, due to the food, the GMO food we're all eating, and all of the uh, the poisons they use now for for controlling weeds and pests in the fields, uh, all authorised from the top. Not just to get bigger spuds and keep the bugs away, but I'm sure they know darn well why they pick those particular pesticides. Now, here's an article here that ties in with this, and it's to do with... Um, X-rays, because everyone's getting used. They're used to already to get to uh, getting X-rayed at the, the airports for security. Under security, they can do anything they wish with you. The oldest trick in the book. And they're X-raying people. And uh, they lied, of course, about their, their, their surface scans. Weren't deep penetrating. Listen, there's no, there is no safe dose of X-ray. Ask any radiologist. There's no safe dose. They know that. And it's accumulative. The effects are accumulative as well. And once your, your, your genes and your, your, your cells have been affected by this, you can't turn back. You can't turn anything back by taking pills or, or hormones or, or herbs or whatever. It's done. That's it. It's done. And, of course, one of the biggest effects of x-rays is sterilization. This article here says, Feds radiating Americans, they're actually using these mobile radiating uh, vans to use x-rays on the citizenry on the streets. And of course, I'm not sure, it's, I'm sure it's not just there. They'll be doing it across the whole Western Europe. Britain and America always do things now at the same time. And it says here, uh, for many living in a terror-spooked country, it might seem like a great government innovation to use vans equipped with mobile X-ray units to scan vehicles at major sporting events or even randomly for bombs or contraband. This is but news that the U.S. is buying custom-made vans packed with something called backscatter X-rays capacity has riled privacy advocates and sparked Internet worries about feds rating Americans. It says, this really tips up uh, the creep factor because it's one of those things that you sort of intrinsically think the government shouldn't be doing. Now listen who said this, says, I didn't even know they had this, said Vermont-based privacy expert Frederick Lane. I mean, do we need, uh, do we need this guy to tell us this? Well, what is a privacy expert? Huh? What is it? A privacy expert. It's like an antique you've pulled out the shel- off the shelves because 
privacy is gone. We know there's no privacy at all. And we know also of no rights when they go ahead and do this in the first place. This is the right of power, the right of might, as they call it. But so they, they pull in a, a privacy expert to tell us that the government shouldn't be doing it. Of course, he's written a book, American Privacy. But legally, the issue is the boundary between the government's legitimate security interest and privacy expectations we enjoy in our cars. As American Science and Engineering and Bellarica, Massachusetts company tells Forbes it sold more than 500 ZBVs or Z backscatter vans to U.S. and foreign governments. The Department of Defense has bought most of them for the war zone. Well, I guess we're all in the war zone, isn't it? But U.S. law enforcement has also deployed the vans to search for bombs inside the U.S., according to Joe Reese, a company spokesman, as quoted by Forbes. I also read an article recently, too, where they're going around the streets of London using the stuff, too, and they haven't told the public yet. But anyway, why bother telling the public? Why upset them, the poor little dears, eh? Anyway, it says, on Tuesday, counter-terror operation snarled traffic on the 120 near Atlanta, where Department of Homeland Security teams used mobile X-ray technology to check the contents of truck trailers. Authorities said the inspections weren't prompted by any specific threat. Now, last week I mentioned uh, another gizmo that brought out two. There's a mobile one. I think you can hand it, hold it in your hand, and they can actually use them for their cars and sit there at the side of the road like they do with the speeding gizmos. Same idea, and just x-rays you go by. How wonderfully. This, this is the world they're bringing in under terrorism uh, that they could never have done, say, back in the 70s or 80s. and They could never have tried this at all, never, because they hadn't prepared our minds. It is a lot of preparation for a revolution. This is a revolution you're going through designed by those at the top. Most revolutions, remember, are, are relatively bloodless. They're social. Anyway, the mobile X-ray technology works by bouncing narrow X-ray streams off an object like a car and then analyzing the scatter rate of the returning rays. Operators can then locate less dense objects that could be bodies or bombs. And it's already part of an ongoing national debate about its use in so-called full-body scanners being deployed in many U.S. airports. In that case, U.S. officials have said they will not store, which they lied about too, or share the images, which they lied about as well, and will use masking technology to avoid revealing details of the human body, which they lied about as well. Nevertheless, information security advocates have filed suit to stop their deployment, citing concerns about privacy. And then they go on about then they the spiel again from the security experts who are all lauding it as a powerful counter-terror strategy. They also point out that the images do not offer the kind of detail that would be embarrassing to anyone. They don't even touch on the physical effects of x-rays. They don't even touch on it, what it does to you in this article here. Amazing, eh? That's how they give you the news. Yeah, that's how they give you the news. And... Remember, these articles that I read, too, I put the links up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the show. When ExploreNet gives me the speed to do it, the company that I pay big bucks to for a satellite. Now, pretty well everything's been covered for a long, long time under security, long before 9-11, in fact. Um, I, d- I really do believe that they were wiretapping whoever they wished to. We know this, too, even during the so-called Cold War where the FBI was um, 
getting a pretty, a pretty well a lot of leeway to do as they wished on monitoring people. And uh, there's privacy concerns back then too, invasions of privacy. But at that time, again, under the threat of the Cold War, nobody minded too much uh, that wasn't being bugged by them. However, they've been monitoring everybody, I'm sure, for a long time. And I really even think that when they talk about controlling Internet, etc., I, th- I believe they've been doing that from the very beginning. I really, really do. Whenever they tell you something or they're going to do something, they've already done it. There's an article here about, uh, and, and I, hate the, I hate the way they even worded it here in the, the, the article from All Gov News. It says, Obama working on plan to wiretap Skype, Facebook, and Blackberries. And then I'll, I'll read this when I come back from this break. is quite interesting. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. Talking about really intrusions into privacy in a sense, and the fact we've all been trained we don't really need it. Uh, a lot of youngsters also really think you don't need it. And of course, you even have all their propaganda out. If, if someone doesn't want to share their whole life on Facebook, there's, there's, you should be suspicious of them. Hmm, really, that's no kidding. And they really don't. They'll put everything up there. They'll, they'll regret it down the road years later, but... Um, because even legally they have been told, but not told to stop. But they've been told it can be used legally against them down the road, and they really wish they didn't. They hadn't put all that stuff up there. But anyway, it says here uh, that Obama's working on a plan to wire, tap, Skype, Facebook, Blackberries, and so on. So the administration wants to force all communication companies to make their networks compliable with wiretapping orders from law enforcement, a change that would primarily affect the likes of Facebook, Skype, BlackBerry, and similar encrypted systems. Now, I've mentioned many times in the show that back in the 90s, the mid-90s, it came out in Canada, in the Toronto Sun, I think it was at the time, that uh, the U.S. government in Canada had signed an agreement that they couldn't sell any more Telephones, faxes, computers, whatever, everything, unless they were they, they were set up to accept uh, police and government intrusion, in other words, back doors to the mall. That's how far back, long before 2001. And here it's verified here, because it says phone and broadband companies already are required under the 1994 Communications Assistance to Law Enforcement Act to ensure their operations can allow for eavesdropping by police and federal agents. And that means two manufacturers, by the way, of the computer and everything else. They have to have backdoors built in. It's about more recent communications like Blackberries, which encrypt emails, make it difficult for the government to intercept messages that may involve terrorist plots. Boy, you can cover everything with terrorist plots, eh? Everything. So the White House has been working with the FBI and the Department of Justice and the National Security Agency to develop a plan that would be submitted to Congress sometime next year. And uh, as I say, they're already doing it anyway. They're already doing it because I watched a British documentary about six months ago where the head of the security service who just retired talked about Skype being a bit of a nuisance, but they were certainly working on it, which generally means they'd already broken it. So, you know, there you go. It's, it's the way it is. It's just the way it is. Everything's used under the guise of terror. 
And of course, they're using this amazing nonsense there about um, this this combined. This is what it really is: this combined uh, anti-terrorist uh, operation that's coming up. It's been declared by Cameron, Britain, and, and the U.S. and all the rest of it uh, as a big uh, positive uh, from intelligence they've gathered that there could be a widespread attack suddenly because Red October always comes along with the communists, you see, and that's what you get in Red October. You always get the big, the big, big uh, thing really happening, or more than often these days you get the big practice that they tell the public about after they've had their practice. At the time they want to terrify you, of course, and have you comply. Anyway, be a joint uh, thing across the world with uh, all the intelligence services, military and that involved in it. And it says here in The Guardian, that's generally play, they played the left-wing part for most articles and so on, it says here, British intelligence denies the U.S. terror warning sparked by new information. Uh, nearly 80 people were killed in the terror attacks in Mumbai. The U.S. has warned there is a risk of commando terror attacks in Europe. And this is what they're saying, well, it could be just like Mumbai, you see. Fresh warnings of possible terror attacks in Europe issued by the U.S. were not sparked, uh, um, were not sparked any new intelligence, uh, counterterrorism security and intelligence officials said. In other words, there was, they weren't sparked by, I guess they missed the by there, by any new intelligence. There's no new intelligence to say it's going to happen. There seems to be no doubt that there's been chatter or intercepted communications between suspected jihadists and al-Qaeda sympathizers plotting in the tribal areas of Pakistan bordering Afghanistan. The suggestion first reported in the U.S. press was that they were planned, planning a series of commando-style attacks, something European security agencies have feared since the coordinated killings in Mumbai two years ago, in which 174 people died. Attacks by gunmen, which could continue for some time, could provoke more terror than split-second suicide bomb attacks, as the officials say. The reports coincided with a number of heavy, controversial attacks by U.S. drones and helicopters on Pakistani side of the border with Afghanistan. The U.S.'s warning to Americans to be vigilant in Europe added fresh impetus to the scares. Remember, I read a thing at the last year, I think it was, about all the, the big practices they were going to have, and the public would have to be unaware that these were actually practices. See, we're losing interest in all this stuff. It's just cry wolf, cry wolf, cry wolf. Uh, orange alert, red alert and so on Get the phasers on full and all that And, and warp away as fast as you can go it's, it, We've all been trained to this rubbish We've been trained by techniques you don't even understand yet It says the Foreign Office upgraded its threat warning To Britain's going to France and Germany Although the terror threat level in Britain remained the same European officials again made it clear yesterday They were irritated with the US for leaking stories Before they could gather more intelligence There was no evidence that a plot was imminent and intelligence was described by a well-placed Whitehall official as ill-defined. One of those providing information is an Algerian informant who may have been behind the decision uh, twice recently to evacuate the Eiffel Tower in Paris. So, you, you know, I like all these maze and maybes and all the rest of it. and vague th- It's like the caveman, you know, the caveman, Ben Laden. Uh, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. But they've got to keep the terror hype up, you see, because they've got more things to pass, more laws to pass, and more nasty things to do to you. They haven't started dissecting us at the airports yet. That will come next, you know. We have to dissect you, sir, and look inside your stomach to see if you've smuggled anything in. You could be hiding it in a body cavity. Think I'm kidding? Back with more after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back, and we're cutting through the matrix. Last Friday, I mentioned how the U.S. had apologized to Guatemala for the sexually transmitting disease experiments they used on patients or patients or people in Guatemala over the over many years, and then they purposely infected them with syphilis. Some of them were psychiatric patients and so on. Other ones were in prison. And they did it on both men and women to see if they could get reinfect other people and to load them up with various antibiotics to see if they still pass them on. And the ones who were loaded up with the antibiotics to see if they'd still contract the disease, that kind of stuff. They were testing it all ways, you see, way back then for warfare purposes. And remember, all warfare purposes eventually are used on the general public, by the way, if you didn't know that. You see, you're all trained to think your army and your military are always there for you, to defend you, really. That's what you're, you're trained to believe that. It's brainwashed into you. And eventually they use it on their, their own public. I've mentioned so many tests before that I've done in, across the European countries, especially Britain, Canada, and the U.S., and I've given you the, the links to documentation to do with that as well. And... I mentioned some of the books to read too about what they've, they've done. They've declassified some stuff, but they haven't really given us stuff from the 70s to the present time, even though you can see the spraying in the skies all the time, which is really out, bad out British Columbia way, um, with these very dark trails are laying on them now when people are all got bronchitis. But as I say, the US apologized to Guatemala for the STD experiments, and I mentioned at the same time too that... Um, they, they omitted it in this article here the fact they've been using the same kind of experiments on their own people and how they even use plutonium injections on people and so on. It's quite something. Uh, so t- tonight I'll add to Friday's show, I'll put another couple of links there, and it's a video documenting some of the experiments on the Americans by U.S. military and the spy agencies, including the plutonium uh, injections. I'll put those links up in their videos, and you can watch them. Uh, there's two of them to see if you've got the speed and all the rest of it. I really don't have much speed here to watch too much at all. But I've seen them before, I think, in the past. But that's the world you're living in. They, they do tremendously awful, awful experiments on their own public, including spraying um, cadmium across the the landscape of Britain to see how it affected the public. They've, they've sprayed the similar stuffs in Canada as well. The whole city of Winnipeg was sprayed in the early 50s in conjunction with the U.S. Air Force and and uh, Canadian Air Force for a whole week. And then, of course, they followed the symptoms down through the generations to see how they developed their tumors and cancers and all the usual stuff. So it worked very well. I guess we're pleased. That's the world you're living in. So I'll add those two links up to Friday's show. I might put them up tonight, too, for you to see. And... Um, You'll, you have to really steel yourself to watch something and, and really think. Really, these are, don't think that what's happened in the past is somehow remote history, like ancient Rome or something. That's not long ago. That is not long. There's still people living today who are alive during these experiments and they're still ongoing, remember. You know nothing about really what's happening out there in the world. You really don't. 
We've been global for a long time, an awful long time before you were told about it. Now, I've also talked about the culture industry many times and how you're conditioned for everything to come through the culture industry. Uh, I talked about the meetings they had with the Council on Foreign Relations and their parent company, the Royal Institute of International Affairs in London, uh, back in the 60s, uh, late 60s I think it was, to decide who would be given the task through their movies and so on and music to uh, put a common culture across the world via movies and the music and so on, drama and novelists and all the rest of it because they hire them too, they rent them by the dozen and that gives you predictive programming what you see in these movies what you hear in the music will affect you the way that you see life in general. It'll also prepare you to act in certain situations the way the heroes did act in the movies, even to um, changes in political correctness. They're always being updated through the movies and so on. And even your own behavior will change completely, 180 degrees, especially when everyone else has been affected with the same stuff at the same time and they all start moving and doing whatever they're told to do, monkey see, monkey do. And I've talked too that their, their big other part too was the destruction of the family unit. And you can find from the earliest writings, if, if you want to look in and, and really spend your time looking into the early socialist writings, how they talked about ways of destroying the family unit. And sexual um, um, morality was to go out the window. And they were promoting free sex or free love, as H.G. Wells called it. He, it was one of, one of the first books he wrote getting paid, of course, by the big boys in the Milner Group at that time, before he joined the Fabians, to promote free love, he called it. And I went through the history of how they tried that in the 1920s, the Roaring Twenties. It worked very well in some experimental cities like Berlin and uh, Paris. They even had one in Shanghai at the time, where they brought in the jazz, the newest jazz, miniskirts, all the rest of it, and then they brought in eventually nude dancers and then even orgies, in Berlin, mass, mass orgies at the end of the night they'd have. And people were flocking from all the artists, the artistic types were flooding into Berlin to, to, to participate in this stuff that they thought was just wonderful. And of course the socialist uh, media was promoting all this avant-garde stuff as just absolutely, yeah, you know, cutting edge, cutting edge, they called it. But they didn't talk about the fallouts and the drug use. It's amazing how they used drugs as well as booze uh, at the same time. But they had the fallouts, and they didn't have the abortion clinics up and running uh, efficiently, and they had too much sexually transmitted disease. It was obvious they couldn't treat it then for penicillin. And so they went back to the drawing board and refurbished it all and made sure your tax monies went to creating the pill and reintroduced it back in the 60s. Same thing. Now, pornography was to be a, a big, big part of it because you don't understand that what you let into your mind will affect you. You are the guardian of your own mind. No one else's. No one. And everyone should be taught at school. And before they go to school, you are the guardian of your own mind. You are your own firewall. And it's, it's, this article here is about um, some of the, the effects of uh, pornography. Uh, you could probably write many, many, many books on pornography and its effects through society. It's affecting men and women. It's amazing the articles generally, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about... Um, how, how, and I read an article maybe a two or three weeks ago how, uh, young boys were practicing all kinds of weird sex on their girlfriends, um, because they got, they got it all from pornography. Well, you gotta understand the girls too have been watching this stuff from school onwards as well. 
And often they will initiate the stuff they're seeing on television. And that's why they're putting themselves up on Facebook and stuff, dressed like the porno stars. It works on them both. But they'll never mate for life. They're too dysfunctional. And that's, that's proven, that was proven from the 60s onwards as the big revolution took place. Anyway, here's some, here's one of the, 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 the kind of, um, side effects, if you like, of it. And one of many, I'm sure. This is one that went the whole way. But most of them don't and are kept quiet. And there's a lot of hush, hush, to the law societies to hush things up. Because they want this to continue, obviously. And this article is from the Mail Online, and the headline is, I've finished killing her now, says an uncle, 38 years old, when he murdered his niece who was 12, while acting out a fantasy from his collection of violent porn. Now, even on the Internet, of course, I was one of the last guys to touch a computer, only because I was going to go on the radio. And um, all I knew about it is what everyone else knew, because I'd, I'd read the newspapers and all, they kept telling you there's so much porn, so much porn. Well, of course, it's like saying it's candid, forbidden candy. That's why they kept telling you this, to make sure everybody went into it, especially the young. And that's why it's all still up there, yeah. Anyway, it says here, a schoolgirl was lured into a trap by her pornography-obsessed uncle to fulfill his sick obsession with murdering a child. John Madden 38, who had downloaded a collection of sadistic snuff movies from the internet, enticed his 12-year-old niece, Tia Rigg, to his home on the pretext of getting her to look after his daughter. Instead, he drugged the unsuspecting youngster before torturing and abusing her, then stabbing her in the stomach and strangling her with a guitar string. It was probably an E one, not a G one. And it says here, Minutes later, Madden made a chilling 999 call. Interesting, 999, that's like 911 over there. And, uh, and the old dial phones, when you turned the, to dial the 9, it turned into a 666. You know, that's no coincidence either. Anyway, in which he confessed to the horrific murder which he said he committed because I felt like it, he says. That's what he told the police. Today he was ordered to serve the rest of his life behind bars for a judge branded as an unspeakable crime. Joining the ranks of Britain's most notorious murderers, including Ian Brady and Yorkshire Ripper Peter Sutcliffe. The tragic case once again highlights the depraved material available for anyone to access on the internet. It also raised new concerns about Salford Social Services, which had been monitoring Tia and last year came under fire over the killing of a vulnerable toddler. Jobless Madden had become fascinated with sadistic snuff movies, films showing a murder being committed while downloading a sick library of violent pornography and explicit images of children, a court heard today. Well, you know, they're in the pornography. How do you think they geared all the public up before they gave the explicit pornography? It all came through your regular programming. As they got more risque and more risque and prepared you and prepared you until if someone says, oh, I was watching pornography, no one blinks an eyelid today. Before they conditioned you, you would have had a different reaction. Because now you're finding out something about someone you'd never have thought before. You can't mess with this stuff. You can't let these images into your head. Because they're, they're designed to be, to start you off in obsessive compulsive behavior. So anyway, 
It says, Tia, the daughter of Madden's sister, Lynn, frequently came around to his home in Cheatham Hill, Manchester, to babysit his 10-year-old daughter, and he secretly began plotting to act out, act out his dreadful fantasy on her. The searches of his laptop computer found he'd done extensive research into killing, including downloading texts with a variety of violent titles. Now, believe you me, uh, anyone who's into this stuff and is watching this stuff has been monitored by the cops all along anyway, and they know who's going to go off their rocker and, and, and who's likely to and so on by what they're watching and how much they're watching and how often they're watching. They know all this stuff. They need these guys because, you see, pornography will do its bit in destruction of society. It's, it's pretty well done it. And uh, then they'll use that as a pretext, one of the pretexts of heavy censorship on the Internet. They're already using that as one of them, in fact, on the Internet. In Australia, for instance, they passed a law in Australia where they can blacklist certain sites. And the first site they blacklisted after passing the law, but this was a Christian site talking about abortion. No kidding. And I read the article on the air. I was in Australia. Anyway, the divorced father of one also downloaded more than 2,000 explicit images from the Internet, including the most extreme level of five categories of child porn, police sources said. He obtained most of his of such photographs that are in existence. Well, they'd know. You know something, too, that they did experiments as well, and I've read some of them here in penile experiments, they call them, on uh, young young offenders, uh, sexual offenders, and they, stri- they wire them up. They do it in Canada, yeah. They wire them up to a, a meter that, that gauges the penis reaction to all the sicko things that they show them. And uh, before they, they used the computer, they were using just regular film and projectors. You will see that in, in one of the movies I've, I've talked about before, uh, Clockwork Orange. And... Uh, they found out that the people who do the testing, because they're, doing, they're watching more and more of this stuff, they themselves become obsessed with all the deviant behavior. You can't tamper with it. You can't tamper with it. So anyway, this guy did this, and, and then he went through his little fantasy, you see, that he'd seen and, not, and embedded in his head the idea of how to do it and all the rest of it. So just five, 45 minutes after she arrived, uh, Madden dialed 999 and made a chillingly calm recall to, to report what he'd done. The police officers found her naked body with her hands tied behind her back and surrounded by two knives and a sex toy. Yep. She had been tortured and raped before being stabbed in the stomach and finally strangled with a guitar string. After his arrest, Madden claimed he'd been listening to a bad voice in his head, controlling him and telling him what to do. Interesting. Today at Manchester Crown Court, he admitted rape, tor- uh, torture, murder, and was jailed for life. He was told the exceptional nature of his crime meant he would never be eligible for parole, making him the 40th inmate of British custody with no prospect of being released. You know something? A lot of these real snuff movies are circulated amongst judges. And there's been cases in Canada that they've kept under wraps, but um, videos were taken of each murder, and uh, some of the stuff ended up as far away as Hong Kong and Japan, the copies of them. There's a professor that told me that. So, you know, they're all in on the acts. On these, these, the, of course, the higher you go, the more deviant they are as well. They always pick the one at the bottom. The ones at the top, uh, they close ranks and, and cover it up. Quite something, quite something. 
And Britain is really taking the charge now. It's a flagship for the world, always has been, since Milner and the Rhodes Groups uh, combined and then formed the Royal Institute of International Affairs. This is your unofficial government there, with thousands of uh, very elite members, all Oxford, Cambridge, and all the rest of it. Uh, running your life, they're through government, they're through bureaucracy, they're through the newspapers. They run everything that you see and hear, what you're told. They run education. They write your history books for you. Well, they're, they also run this too. Uh, it says here, Ed Pickles. What a name, eh? Where, where did they get this guy? He's a bit too aesthetic for me. Ed Pickles unveils home rule plan for English cities. It says that the local government secretary wants to put communities back in charge. That's a communitarian, again, idea. And it says um, he unveiled his plans to induce a new home rule for major cities in England under newly elected mayors. Now, don't forget that the UN put out a, uh, a treaty they all signed a while back, years ago, talking about super cities and how they'd eventually do away with a nation state and there'd be a few super cities across the world where they'd have all the peasants crammed into, you see. And um, as they take them off the, the land and out of the agricultural areas, because they don't believe that farmers have the right to farm, they believe that only uh, the big authorized international corporations, which they own, of course, uh, will do all the farming. Um, and that's been that's happened in China. You can travel from city to city in China and just see these thousands of miles of, of just vacant land and 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 bush and all the rest of it. And then you hit the cities where they've all been crammed together. In China, they're taking 200 million sometimes per week into the cities. They're, they're getting them off the land, the ones that are remaining. Anyway, back to this article, it says, um, as part of a wider approach to put communities back in charge, backed by the abolition of a number of quangos responsible for monitoring standards and conduct in local government. Back with more after this. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, just finishing up the last few minutes. I'm reading an article about the communitarianism, and they've already discussed what they're doing and implementing what they're doing for the small communities, uh, but now they're going for the big cities now too. And it says here, it's interesting, Pickles, the guys are literally called Pickles, did not make clear today whether referendums would be required under the conservative plans for elected mayors or whether this model would be imposed on communities. But he insisted that he wanted to see the kind of civic leadership once spearheaded by Joseph Chamberlain in Birmingham in the late 19th century. So what you got, he wants it to be applied to the modern-day major cities such as Newcastle, Liverpool, Bristol, and Birmingham. So I guess we're going back to the, the, the feudal system. And that's what Carol Quigley said, of course, the, a new feudal system would run the world. That's what it was all designed to do. That was the kind of world they were bringing in. But experts and the CEOs would rule your lives instead of just the old-fashioned guys in armor who ate an awful lot and drunk a lot and all that kind of stuff. So it's just a new kind of, of the same kind of feudalism. And they've taken all your rights away from you anyway. And eventually you'll come up, you'll be brought up into the, your local Soviet. A Soviet a, a, means um, ruled by councils. And they'll draw you up to see if you're politically correct, if you have to go back and be reconditioned for remarks that you've, you hold, you've made or opinions that you, you hold. And that's all coming down too. They're all ready for it. The public's ready for it. The youngsters are all ready for it. And, and they'll think it's quite normal. 
as it merges. And they'd be a lot faster with all of this in the U.S., an awful lot faster if they didn't need the U.S. to fund most of the project across the rest of the world first, and then they'd bring it always into the U.S. at the end. That's how they do it. And they need the, the military machine of the U.S. to finish off the rest of the world, too. It's got a big job to do, yep. And what kind of job have they got to do? Well, there's so many jobs for the U.S. to still to do. And um, there's one where they're going to have to, um, the U.S. is going to possibly, possibly um, attack Iran and they get under pressure, under pressure from Israel to do it. And, of course, Senator Joe Lieberman and Howard Berman came out and did a, a talk with, it, with his pal. They're all for the war and striking Iran first. And don't forget, there's no difference between right and left because they talked about doing this uh, before 9-11 happened with the New American Century Group, the project for a New American Century. And they wanted to attack Afghanistan first, then Iraq, and then Iran. And after that, they said they'd go for Syria. And that's all of their enemies obliterated, you see. Or they call it democratized. And they actually called it in one of their 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 their, their videos put out there by this organization uh, that fronts and, and really is part of the parallel government that runs the world. And they said they were, they were bringing revolutionary democracy to these countries. So the idea was to invade them uh, under the guise of revolutionary democracy. They've used every excuse under the sun to go in and rob people and kill them. And ages gone by. This is a good one. They're doing. They're not doing it to, to tame the barbarians or bring civilization to barbarians. No, they're going to bring this revolutionary democracy. We're not here as a war party. We're here to to bring democracy at, at the point of a, of the big barrel of a tank, and with cluster bombs. So anyone who's not ready for the world system has to be brought up to speed quickly or blown off the map, and that's what they're doing. You can't have competing systems all living coexisting happily together. Got to be one. There can only be one. That's what the UN is in French. Un. Anyway, from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you. <laughs>